good morning good evening good afternoon this is my third episode of today so i think i'm perking up the first episode i was a little upset but um I think I'm calming down now. I hope y'all are having a blessed day. I hope y'all are highly favored, giving honor to the Most High. Y'all, this is another installment of Black Inventors. I'm excited to do this because, oh my God, this whole experience of researching the inventors and finding out about the contributions that are um black americans made to this world not this just we can't single it to this country it has to be the world because things they are inventing or have invented one they don't get credit for so on this podcast we're going to give them their flowers but second of all it's a contribution to the whole wide world and so i'm excited to this next installment so our um Our first inventor for today, his name is Garrett A. Morgan Sr. Okay, so inventor, entrepreneur, and publisher, Garrett A. Morgan Sr. received patents for three position traffic signals and a safety hood that was designed to aid breathing in smoke-filled areas. He gained national attention when he utilized his mask to rescue men trapped during a tunnel explosion in 1916. Ain't that something? Garrett Augustus Morgan was born in 1875 or 1877. They um, they aren't sure. In Paris, Kentucky to farmers Sidney and Elizabeth Morgan. Garrett received an elementary school education and left home at the age of 14 finding work in Cincinnati, Ohio as a mechanic. In 1895, he moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where he worked for 12 years repairing sewing machines and in 1901 invented a sewing machine belt fastener. Mm. In 1907, Morgan established, excuse me, his first businesses, a sewing machine sales and repair shop. He soon expanded with a tailoring business and later the Morgan Skirt Factory that employed more than 30 people. His second major discovery came when exploring a way to reduce friction between sewing needles and wooden fabric. He found that the chemical solution he developed to straighten the woolen fibers of textiles also straightened hair. In 1913, he Formed the G.A. Morgan Hair Refining Cream Company that sold a line of hair products. During the same period, Morgan was working on other projects, including a breathing device that would protect firefighters against smoke inhalation. In 1914, he received a patent for the Morgan Safety Hood and formed the National Safety Device Company, generating interest in his inventions through demonstration and public safety exhibitions. It was used most notably on July 25, 1916, when he was asked to help rescue Cleveland Water Works miners trapped in a tunnel beneath Lake Erie. Morgan and his brother Frank, along with another volunteer, used the safety mask to descend into the tunnel and rescue several survivors. During the next decade, Morgan continued to invent while publishing the Cleveland Call, 
a weekly African-American newspaper he established in 1916. It became the Cleveland Call and Post in 1929 and is still in publication today. He was also at work on other solutions to modern day problems, including traffic safety after witnessing an accident between a horse carriage and an automobile in 1923. He received a patent for the GA Morgan safety system, an improvement on prior traffic signals that included a caution indicator for all traffic to stop simultaneously. Other inventions included a woman's hat fastener, a curling comb, and a cigarette extinguisher. Suffering from failing health in his latter years, perhaps due to exposure to chemicals while testing his safety hood, Morgan died on July 27, 1963. Garrett Morgan was a member of the Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. His papers are in the archives of the Western Reserve Historical Society in Cleveland, Ohio. Mr. Garrett Morgan Sr., we salute you, sir, for your contribution to um, the American the world invention because I'm pretty sure we still using your inventions to this day our next inventor is Henry E. Baker born on September 1st 1857 in Columbia Mississippi Henry E. Baker was remarkable for being the first author to explore explore and record the work of African-American inventors he began his education at the United States Naval Academy in 1874, where he was the only the third African-American to enter the institution. During his time at the Naval Academy, Baker experienced discrimination as few cadets would have social interactions with him and instructors and supervisors refused to address him by name. His tenure was also compromised by hazing and damage to his personal property. In response to his tr this treatment, he left the academy and completed his education at the Ben Hyde Benton School of Technology in Washington, D.C., graduating in 1879. In 1881, the Future Chronicle then attended and graduated from Harvard University School of Law. During his time at Howard, I'm, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't say Harvard. Howard University School of Law. During his time at Howard, Baker secured a job at the United States Patent Office where he worked as a copyist. When Baker noticed the lack of published information regarding African-American inventors and innovators, he took the initiative and began to publicize their work. This became a passion product that would last a lifetime. In 1902, Baker, now promoted to second assistant at the patent office, <coughs> excuse me, continued to his work to illuminate the little-known contributions of black inventors by sending letters to patent attorneys, newspaper companies, company executives, and others asking for the names of African-American innovators. He sent out thousands of letters, and as a result of his efforts, efforts recognized 1,200 little-known inventors. Sadly, some African-American inventors feared that once their identity was re revealed, their sales and businesses would suffer. This caused the names of only 800 African-American creators to be published. After years of searching and compiling lists of inventors, Baker authored several publications. In 1902, ba Baker published The Negro as an inventor. In 1913, Baker published The Colored Inventor, a record of 50 years. The pamphlet was designed to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. 
The Negro in the Field of Innovation followed four years later in 1917. Collectively, these books gave African-American inventors the opportunity to showcase their contributions to society. Unfortunately, little is known about Baker's life after he published the third book. Despite his withdrawal from public life, Baker had a tremendous impact on minor minority in innovators by highlighting their creativity. Without his tireless work, the names of these inventors might not be known today. Henry E. Baker died on April 27, 1928 in Washington, D.C. At the time of his death, he was 70 years old and did not have a wife or children. Thank you, Mr. Henry E. Baker, because of you, I get to now take on this passion product. Once again, I just want to stop and say I am doing my research on blackpass.org and other websites. Um, and it is a passion product, and it was important because from what you have seen of the list that um, I have been reading, you guys, um, we have a lot of black men and women who made great contributions to this country and all over the world as inventors and innovators and um it's time that they get their just due our next inventor is benjamin pilham benjamin pilham was a powerful detroit politician and journalist he was the Wayne County accountant from 1906 to 1942 and the proprietor and editor of the first successful black newspaper in Detroit, The Plain Dealer. Philem, the youngest of six children born to Robert Philem, a plasterer and mason, and Francis Butcher was born in Detroit on February 7, 1862 to free parents from Virginia who left because the state did not allow African-Americans to get an education. Philem attended the Everett School, a private academy, for nine year, from nine years of age, and after completing his education in 1878, found a job as a messenger with the Detroit Post. He edited a paper entitled The Venture for three years while working for the Post. One critic described his article in the paper as terse, witty, and well-written, which was partly responsible for the venture's early success. Philem decided to start the Detroit Plain Dealer, a much larger newspaper that would target the growing African-American community of Detroit and Southern Michigan. The first issue of the Plain Dealer was printed on May 19, 1883, with Philem's brother Robert as the managing editor. Ben Philem, having businesses training, managed its sales, while Robert set the type. The first issue was a seven-column folio size sheet with three columns of advertising. A year later, it had grown to 20 pages, successfully influential in local politics, and with a focus on civil rights, it continued its circulation until 1894. Philem began a long career in government after the, the demise of his paper. He was first appointed to the post in Revenue and Customs, and in 1895, because of his work for Republican politician campaigns the previous year. In 1900, he worked in the Wayne County Registrar of Deeds Office until 1906, when he was appointed Wayne County Accountant, the highest non-elective office in the county at the time. Later, he was elected Auditor of Wayne County. Philem was such a highly influential figure in the county government during this time that he was nicknamed the Wayne County Cesar. 
As such, Fillon was likely the most powerful black politician in the country during the early 20th century. Fillon married Laura Montgomery of Sandwich, Ontario in 1895. The couple had two children, Francis and Alfred. During his long tenure in government, Fillon also became an inventor. In 1905, he created a patent, a tabulating device, and in 1913, patent a tallying machine. Benjamin Pullen was best known, however, for modernizing Wayne County's finances and using his power in county government to steer debate. Consequently, he became an integral part of the government of Detroit and Wayne County, when in 1934, Democrats campaigned with the slogan, Throw Fillum Out. He survived the assault by being too indispensable to replace. Benjamin Pillum, Pillum retired in Wayne County government in 1942 and died in Detroit on October 7, 1948. Mr. Benjamin Pillum, we send you your flowers now and we appreciate your contribution to not only this, this country, but all over the world. Our next inventor will be <clears throat> Richard Spikes. Um, this entry is sponsored by Malik and Corsetta Simba. So Richard Spike was a prolific inventor with eight patents to his name, awarded between 1907 and 1946. Prim primarily interested in automobile mechanics, Spike also sought to improve the operation of items as varied as barber chairs and trolley cars. Professionally, he worked as a mechanic, a saloon keeper, and a barber, occupations that likely influenced his many latter inventions. Born to Monroe and Medora Spikes on October 2, 1978, Spikes came from a large family of at least six siblings. His younger brother, Benjamin Franklin, Spikes known as Reb, would go on to become a well-known jazz music musician. In 1880, census lists his brother as Texas, though in later years, Spikes would report the location as actually being in Indian ter Territory, later the state of Oklahoma. In 1900, Spike married Lula B. Carlton. The couple had one son born in 1902. During the early 1900s, the family moved off and living in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona before settling in California. On April 9, 1907, while living in Bisbee, Arizona, Spikes patented a beer tapper, U.S. patent number 850070, connected to a keg. The tap used tubing to ease the release of beer from the barrel while also improving freshness over time. This technology is still used today. It sure is. Spike's next invention was for a self-locking rack for billiard cues. He received a patent on October 11, 1910, U.S. Patent 972277, while living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. A decade later, on December 14, 1920, Spike's now residing in Fort Bragg, California successfully patent a trolley pole arister, U.S. patent 1362197. According to the patent application, Spike's device would automatically pull down the pole when the circuit is broken to prevent the breaking of the trolley wire and injured to the pole. 
Over the next 40 years, Spike would patent at least seven more items, including a brake testing machine in 1921, U.S. patent number 1441383, a pantograph for conveying electric current to trolley wires in 1923, U.S. patent number 1461988, a combination of milk bottle openers, a cover in 1926, U.S. patent number 1590557, a device to obtain average samples and temperatures of tank fluids for automobiles and industry in 1931, patent number 1828753, an improved gear shift transmission system in 1933, patent number 1889814, a horizontally swinging barber's chair in 1950, patent number 2517936, and finally, a automobile brake safety system in 1962, patent number 3015522, at the age of 84. Of all these innovations, the best known are those related to automotive technology. Spike's gear shifting device aimed to keep the gears from various speeds in constant mesh, enhancing the turn of the century invention of the automatic transmission. His automatic brake safety system was also significant according to the patent application. It provided, it provided a reserve braking action in case of damage to the normal braking means and is still used in some buses as a fail-safe means of stopping the vehicle. Spike is also widely credited with patenting an automobile signal system, turn signal, in the early 1910s. Though a patent record has not been located at this time, the system was installed on a Pierce Aero motor car. Richard B. Spikes died on January 27, 1965, in Los Angeles, California, at the age of 86. Wow, that is amazing. The turn signal, something that you use every day. And that's just one of his inventions. He was getting down. He had a brilliant mind, as they all do. They all do. So thank you, Mr. Richard Spikes, for your inventions and your contributions to American society. Our last inventor of the day is Madeline M. Turner. Now, this device um, is unique looking. But let's see what Madeline did. Um, Madeline M. Turner is the inventor of Turner's Fruit Press, the original brew blueprint slash design on which all modern juicers are based. Look at that. So she invented the juicer. The machine engineered by Turner allows consumers to enjoy the beverage we know as juices as well as juice bars and popular juice cleanses. It has created a lucrative business for various major companies that specialize in producing and distributing liquid fruit worldwide. Thanks to Turner's work, we can enjoy a refreshing summer drink by the pool every year. She paved the way for modern juice presses and what is now a thriving demand for juice in numerous capacities cold press, over ice, slush, smoothie bowls, frozen treats, and more. Little is known about the personal life of Madeline M. Turner beyond the fact that she was born and raised in Oakland, California. Come on. Her birth and de death dates, sorry, that's my dog, death dates are unknown. Her ingenious inventions created a machine that manually pressed juices from citrus and other fruits came to her one morning as she tried to squeeze a cup of orange juice for herself for an from an individual orange. She grew tired of the process and decided to create a more comfortable way to obtain the nectar from the orange. 
Turner subsequently invented the fruit press machine and was granted a patent, patent number 1180959 on April 25, 1916. Patent examiner Patricia Ives praised Turner's invention as ingenious due to its feasibility and its easy-to-clean design. Her fruit press was first put on display at the Panama, California exhibit in San Diego, California shortly after her patent was granted. Between 1948 and 2014, seven other patents have referenced her invention and and its adjourning patent. Though simple in theory, Turner's fruit press machine follows a complex and an intricate assembly line of steps. First, fruits or vegetables are pushed slash fed through an opening. They're propelled into a cog in the machine where they are halved using cutters. Finally, the halves are pressed between plates, moving sporadically, using a geared mechanism that pushes the extracted juice from the hopper to plunger. Madeline M. Turner, thank you for your contributions to to this world. Um, we appreciate you because we're still using juicers. Like they're never gonna go out of style. So we appreciate your comp- contribution, and we are giving you your flowers and your just due. So once again, everybody, this is um, our segment on Black Inventors. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I know I learned a lot. I mean, turn signals, juice pressers juice pressers brakes signal lights caution lights like it's so much that we have to learn we don't have time to be playing games out here and i feel with us learning this information it will rise our self-esteem up and our self-worth and and we can rise together to make a difference and continue um innovating and creating inventions and are modernizing old inventions and just giving the flowers to our ancestors who came before us so once again everybody um find your center and shut it off um find your space with the most high if he's called you to do so so we can be used to inspire teach and encourage each other so that we can grow as a people and a black community and aspire to do better to help one another, to love on one another, to root out those who aren't for us and stand together even through our differences so that we can rise as a people. You all have a blessed and wonderful day.